Hi, I'm Ashley Stamatinos, five-time number one best-selling author and your host to The Rewire Show, where I'll be interviewing some of the best minds about how to rewire your sensitivities into your greatest strengths. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends. And please remember to visit ashleystamatinos.com for additional resources designed specifically with you in mind to strengthen your transformational journey. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to The Rewire Show. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I have a very special treat for you. I'm here with Allie Katz. Welcome, Allie. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here joining all of us today. And for those of you who do not yet know about Allie, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we jump in because, as you know, I get really excited to ask a lot of questions. So I have so many questions I want to ask Allie, but first... Allie is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, self-care and mindful parenting coach, and a meditation expert. She is known for her brand, Hot Mess to Mindful Mom, which encompasses books, live events, a blog, and a booming online community. Her mission is to inspire mothers across the globe to leave overwhelm, stress, and guilt behind and to embrace a life full of balance, presence, and joy. Allie's uncanny ability to make the concepts of self-care, meditation, and mindfulness feel relatable and downright fun truly sets her apart from the traditional self-help crowd. Allie has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Mind Body Green, Thrive Global, and Family Circle Magazine. So again, welcome, Allie. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I appreciate it. And I feel like I just touched the surface. I feel like there's like a, a lot of other accomplishments that are probably, they don't make the 150 word cut. <laughs> yeah, you do have to boil it down, but you hit all the highlights. Good. So. Okay, good. I'm so glad. So I want to ask you about books and our mindfulness. And I want to ask you, you know, how to get out of hot mess to being mindful. But Truly, before we get into some of the, the goods of the conversation, I really want to ask you a little bit more about you and sure. your journey to getting here. So could you fill us in a little bit, please? So I will say when my journey of self-transformation started about probably a little over seven years ago now, meditation and mindfulness and all of this was the last thing on my mind because I was in the hot mess phase of my life. So until I began transforming, I didn't realize what a hot mess I was until I wasn't anymore. Does that make sense? So I was just on the roller coaster, the hamster wheel, I guess, of judgment and insecurity and comparison and just being, you know, I thought I was happy. And, you know, I had a wonderful marriage and two great kids. And so I was happy, but inside, like from the outside, I think it looked really good, but from the inside, needed a little work. And um, the universe really pushed me into um, meditation and mindfulness. It's really kind of a fun story if we can get kind of woo-woo for a second. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> so um, it all started with... Um, a call with a medium. 
which was also the farthest thing from my mind. I'd never even awesome. thought about a medium, wanted to talk to one, didn't even know what they did. So I was at a talk that my, my friend was chairing this event and I didn't even want to go, but I went and the speaker was this young man and my friend leaned over and said, his sister is a really famous medium. And I was like, oh, whatever. And didn't, you know, I was like, great. Then two weeks later, I was having dinner with my best friend from camp that I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. Yeah. And she was like, oh my goodness, I had a reading with this medium. It was so amazing. It was the same person. I was like, that's so funny. I just heard of that person. Didn't connect the dots. Then a week later, I was talking to someone else and she said, my mom just had a reading with this medium. She said it was amazing. It was the same person. So I finally clue in and I'm like, I put my hands in the air literally like this. And I was like, universe, I may have missed every sign you've ever given me in my entire life, but I hear you. I'm supposed to talk to this person. Got so it. So I made an appointment and it took six months to get in. Wow. And uh, in the meantime, I read one of her books and I just sort of started opening myself up and kind of noticing more of what was going on around me and I had a life-changing conversation with her. But the very last thing she said to me, very last thing was, I want you to meditate. And I was like, okay. I didn't even know what that was. I bought a book. I read like four pages. And then the next day I sat down and closed my eyes for eight minutes and immediately fell in love with the practice. I started noticing changes in my life, how I felt, in my confidence, in my presence, in my patience, everything. Love my level of anxiety. Um, I had a brick of anxiety that kind of lived on my chest 24-7. I'm sure some people listening can relate to that feeling. And then after about six weeks of meditating every day, I was walking my dog and I was just, I stopped short and I was like, whoa, that ball, that brick of anxiety is gone. Where did it go? I was like, this is nuts. The only thing different in my life is I'm meditating. So I was like, maybe it's working. So I kept going. And then the more changes I started noticing in myself, the more I wanted to bring these tools to others. And that's when I got certified to be a meditation teacher. And then the rest is history. I started writing and coaching and teaching and speaking. And that's how the whole thing started. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Huh, I didn't know that. And I'm so glad that you shared the full story like that, you know, without invested. It depends on the audience. <laughs> I know. This is a perfect audience for it. I used to teach mediumship, actually. Like really when I started my career, like long ago. Um, oh yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway. And here another synchronicity, right? It's totally, totally. Yeah. There's so many parts of the story that, that really stood out to me, you know, that you listened to the signs and that meditation was brought up like that right at the end. And then, you know, I'm also, when I, when I was hearing you talk about how, you know, anxiety was living on your chest and it was almost constantly there from hearing from the viewers over the years, that seems to be something that's really consistent with a lot of the viewing audience of this of this show that anxiety, overwhelm, and stress are really common things that we're dealing with. So I just learned that. Okay, so I was actually speaking to another medium because I'm honing some of my own skills, which we can talk about offline. Cool. Um, right. But I was talking about my anxiety and she said, you know that's really related to having some of these intuitive gifts. And I was like, I didn't, but now I don't hate my anxiety so much. <laughs> I do want the gifts. If this comes along with it, I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fascinating? I mean, truly people who are highly sensitive, highly aware, empathic people 
we're, we're picking up on, on so much all around us all the time, as you know, because I know we had a little conversation at, uh, before this, um, but it, it does seem like we so often are, are faced with those anxieties and challenges. And I know not, I, actually, I shouldn't say that I know that they're not, but I don't know how many of the viewers are meditating. But could you talk a little bit about how when you started meditating, the transformation that you saw to that anxiety that plagued you, and, and how quickly did you see a shift, I'm wondering, too? Okay, so I want to, there's kind of twofold to what I want to talk about here. Right. So the first is having a daily seated practice. Okay, that really began to transform my life. Like I said, I started with just eight minutes a day. And my specialty as a meditation teacher, what I really pride myself on is making meditation feel less overwhelming, more relatable, more doable. Um, you know, and so that's what I love is to take this kind of big concept and show people how, no, you can really do it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how to make it seamlessly fit into your life. So Having a daily seated practice, it, it's different for everyone. There's no strict timeline, like you're gonna feel this after this, and there's so many benefits of meditation. But I tell people, whatever happens for you, you're gonna like it. I've never heard anyone say, I liked myself better before I started meditating, right? So whatever happens for you, it's gonna be good, and you're gonna like it. And it's interesting, like, so you start to notice changes in yourself, but other people start noticing changes in you. I just have um, have a, a gentleman that started working with me last week because I worked with his wife and he sees such a difference in her. He goes, I want in. Like, you have to teach me too. So that's the biggest compliment is when other people start to see how you're changing. Yeah. Not how you feel. You know, what could be better than that? Mm -hmm. So, um, so for me, it was about six weeks when I started noticing change. But after being super consistent. So consistency is the name of the game with meditation. Yeah. If you meditate every once in a while, you're going to feel good when you're finished and feel more relaxed. But the long-term benefits of meditation, like boosting your immune system, helping you feel more confident, better sleep, better digestion, um, chronic, you know, helping with chronic pain and PMS and helping you to be less reactive and more compassionate. All of that comes with consistency. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that is super important. But then the other side of the coin is I always teach people, you want to have that daily seated practice, but you also want to use these tools throughout the day. It's not just like one and done and then you never have to think about being mindful the rest of the day. It doesn't really work like that. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a, my newest book is coming out in November called One Minute to Zen. And it's 35 tools for dealing with stress in the moment. And that's such an important part of what I teach is you want to create mindful pauses during the day. So the more you practice these one minute meditations in line at the grocery store, at a traffic light, in the shower, waiting in carpool line, then the more you can use them in times of stress. Because when you are feeling stressed, you wanna calm your body and your nervous system down as quickly as possible. Yeah. So these one minute meditations can help you throughout the day too. So long-term benefit from daily seated practice helping you in the moment with a one minute meditation. I love that. And I, and I really love, there's so many benefits that you just listed. And I, I also, for the viewers, just so that you know, I only, I, I also have personal experience with meditation, changing my anxiety 
calming my nervous system, helping my digestive system, like everything you can name. And just like you had illustrated with one of your, your female clients, her husband wanted to join right away. I, when I started meditating, I saw, I didn't, I didn't see results right away. My husband saw results in me right away. And now he meditates. That's amazing. That's yeah. so it's so, so cool. And so the one, one more thing that I just wanted to, to add in there. So, so many of you who are listening are considered highly sensitive people. And technically, scientifically, that means that our nervous systems are more highly reactive. So that's sort of almost all the more reason to try out meditation. And, um, you know, because if it is calming for the nervous system, it might help us process our environments with a little bit more ease instead of being so happy. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine where I would be today without all of these tools. Right. Um, because I have become even more sensitive. And, um, you know, it, even today I was in a meeting with someone and she was telling me a story that was kind of sad. It's not my story. And the tears are like pouring down my face. I mean, you know, so I feel like my sensitivities have only heightened, but the meditation has helped me to just feel more balanced and on an even keel. And the other thing is, e- even though you use these tools, this is an expectation I, I really like to kind of clear up is that you're still going to feel stress at times. It's not like I meditate so I never feel stress. My life is totally zen and I never have those emotions. That's not true, um, but you recover so much quicker. So something that used to send you into a tailspin or two hours or two days, maybe after five minutes, you can do some breathing, you can practice some gratitude, you can recover so much quicker so that you calm your body down, you feel better, and you move forward in a more thoughtful way. So it's not that you never feel stress or anxiety, you just, you do feel it less and you do recover so much quicker. I totally agree. I, I don't know why I'm going to share this, but I, I'm just popping this in and again, I'm curious where you'll go with this, but um, my son just started a new school and they practice um, five minutes of meditation. Amazing. I wish every school in America did. I was so excited. Yeah. So tell me about that. Do you, I mean, do you ever teach parents to teach their children or, I mean, because you, you work with parents on mindfulness for, so, so I don't just... I'm not sure exactly what my question is. Speak to that for a moment. <laughs> so um, I do in my second book, um, it's called Get the Most. So my first book is called Hot Mess to Mindful Mom. And it's all about self-care for mom. The second book is called Get the Most Out of Motherhood. And it's all about bringing mindfulness to your family. Mm-hmm. So there is more about for mom self-care and stuff, but it's a lot about mindfulness for your family. And one of the chapters is about teaching your kids about meditation. So it's tools to get them started. But what I always tell people is, if you want your kids to meditate, then you need to be meditating. So our kids pay so much more attention to what we do than what we say. So we can say, oh, you should meditate. But if we're not doing it, they're going to... It's going to go in one ear and out the other, you know? So really the best thing you can do is have your own practice. Let your kids see, let your kids know, say, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm going to meditate. And then what I always did with my kids, because my kids were pretty little when I started, is I think it's very important for kids to learn boundaries. You know, um, I would say this goes for probably about four and up. So little, little kids, this would be tough to grasp. You'll have to work with 
your husband, your partner, even a friend if you need to take turns to get your meditation sessions in or do it during nap time or before the kids get up. But when my kids, I told them, you know, mommy needs this quiet time so that I can be a better mommy the rest of the day. And you can only interrupt me if it's an emergency. And we had to kind of go over what an emergency was because in the beginning they were interrupting me all the time. Yes. So we talked about what's an emergency. But I never like made them unwelcome. I always said, if you want to be with me, if you want to be near me while I meditate, you can. You can bring a book and you can read next to me. I don't care if you even put your head in my lap. I don't care if you lay on the floor next to me. As long as you're quiet and you respect that I need this time, you can be with me, just can't talk to me. Mm. And that really worked for my kids and my family. And they got it. And it, they, didn't, they weren't resentful of my meditation practice because I was allowing them to be part of it if they wanted to. And that really worked for us. Brilliant. I love that. I'm so glad you shared that. And so that kind of leads me also to, do you see a difference in your children when you're meditating? Not like in the act of meditating, but as a response to you. My son told me, he was like, you know, after a little, a couple of years, he goes, you know, mom, you used to yell a lot more. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like we set the tone in our home with our energy and our kids feel our energy and react to our energy. So if we're calm, they're calm. If we're yelling all the time, they're yelling all the time. So it's like stop and start behaviors. You need to do what you want your kids to do and you need to stop doing what you don't want your kids to do. So for example, I hate when my kids scream at me from another room. It just drives me crazy. It's just one of those things that drives me crazy. I'm like, come to where I am. I am not answering you. Really? And I can hardly hear you. Don't scream for me. So then what do I do an hour later? Guys, dinner from up the stairs. And then I look at myself and I'm like, why do you think they yell at you from yeah. the other room? You're doing that. So I had to consciously say, I can't do that anymore. And when I need them, I have to walk my butt upstairs, just like I want them to walk their butt downstairs. Right. And so it's like, they do what we do. We set the tone. And they're our mirror. If they do something that annoys us, it's probably 99.9% .9 because we do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I see a lot of times, you know, um, children who are acting very angry or are like acting out our suppressed anger that we're trying not to show, you know? So it's, it's really cool that you're talking about this because I do think it's absolutely true when we're working on it within ourselves, they benefit from us, you know? 100%. And it's like, I remember the first time a couple of years ago that I saw my older son get really, really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And without being prompted by me, I just saw him stop and close his eyes and start to take some deep breaths because he saw me do it like 500 times. Yeah. It was off, you know? Yes. This was the cutest. Um, he asked me to test him for a quiz. So I took his study sheet and I'm looking at it. At the bottom, it says, you can do anything you put your mind to. And then in parentheses, repeat three times. Like he wrote it to himself. Like, oh, he, and he wrote it. He wrote it. Yes. It was like, oh, the teacher's amazing. Oh, he wrote That's it. amazing. Cutest. Oh. And they really do pick up on the things that we do. They really do. Oh, and you know, even the repetition part, repeat three times, because you had said earlier, it's like consistent practice is what really gets you the results. 
So, so I, I'd also like to ask you, because I hear this so often when I suggest meditation to people, they often tell me, well, I can't quiet my mind, you know, and I feel like it's a mess, right? It is. If I could delete one sentence from like the English language, it would be your mind. That's why there's so many misconceptions about meditation and why people feel so nervous because it's impossible to clear your mind. All right. The average human being has a thought about every two seconds. So to think you're going to sit down for even five minutes and not have any thoughts is not realistic. The whole practice of meditation, it's a practice, okay, you're never done, you're never perfect at it, Mm -hmm. is to refocus your attention, to focus on one thing at a time. So you're constantly bringing your mind back. If your mind wanders, you notice it, you come back to your focus, your breath, your body, a mantra, whatever you're using for your focus. That's your whole job in meditation. Notice when your mind was wandering so you can come back. Notice when your mind wanders so you can come back. Every time you refocus your attention, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And the whole point of it is to have a better life because everything we do in meditation is about doing it outside of meditation. So it's not just about refocusing our attention for those 10, 20 minutes on our cushion. It's a place to practice so that when we're with our loved ones and we're not thinking about our grocery list and work, we're truly engaged and present and connecting. So everything you do on your cushion, you want to do off your cushion. Yeah. And I think that people don't normally think about it that way. And that's how it makes sense. Absolutely. And so when people are, because I, I have a lot of people who are listening to this show that I, you know, have spoken with and who've commented and, and they feel like a hot mess, right? They already know it's like life is chaotic. It feels out of control. Um, sometimes they'll tell me things like, I'm paying so much attention to putting out the fires that I don't even have time to remember the self-help tools. So my question to you, and you can speak to any part of that that you like, but my question to you is, I feel like a lot of them say, I don't have time for it because they think that we're asking them to jump into a completely different lifestyle with two feet and totally jump in. And is that what you're asking them? Or are you saying like, take a couple steps or take a baby step? Speak to that so, for me. Like my first book, Hot Mess and Mindful Mom, has 40 tools for self-care. I tell people, read the book and then pick one to yes. start. You cannot totally change your life and think it's going to stick. So one small change done consistently leads to very big results and change. So you want to start very small. The other thing I ask people when they say I don't have time, my very first question, how much time do you think you spend every day on social media? Maybe we could just carve that five or 10 minutes that you want to spend on self-care out of that because most adults spend like four hours a day or some crazy statistic. So it's, you don't have the time for what's important to you. You make the time. So can't, you know, it's hard to wake up in the morning in general. It's not any harder to wake up at 620 than 630. So if you really want to get a couple minutes of meditation in, maybe you just wake up 10 minutes earlier. Or maybe you set reminders on your phone. I have affirmation reminders that go off on my phone every day, every hour of the day. I have like an affirmation that pops up on my phone. I need reminders. I'm busy during the day too. I don't like look at my watch and I'm like, oh, it's two. What's my affirmation today at this time? If it doesn't pop up on my phone, I'm not going to remember. So you can use reminders. 
there's so many things that you can do to help yourself. It's, and it's also, you know, what's your priority? Is it getting a few minutes of meditation in? Is it just committing to having a green smoothie each day? Or um, how can you like simplify it? So I tell people that want to bring more gratitude into their life. Don't worry about a journal. Don't worry about writing it down. Just, I put a little card on the mirror where I brush my teeth in my bathroom and it says gratitude. And when I brush my teeth, I'm standing there and I think of three things I'm grateful for in the morning and the evening. And I started and ended the day with gratitude. I didn't have to, you know, write anything. I didn't have to carve out extra time during my day. I just streamlined the practice to something that I'm already doing. So there's a lot of simple ways. And Allie, when you're, when you're looking at the card that says gratitude and you're thinking of things that you're grateful for, do they have to be, be huge, monumental? No. So glad you brought that up. It's the feeling of gratitude that you want to invoke. I tell people it's in your belly and it's in your heart. It doesn't matter if it's for the health of your children or for your new lip gloss. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> so people get nervous about gratitude too because they think it has to be this like big profound thing every time they practice. It doesn't. It could be like, you know, I'm grateful that I got to take a walk today. I'm grateful for my dogs. I'm grateful that my son gave me a hug before bed. It could be anything. It could be the new book you're reading. I love my show. Yeah. I mean, it can be anything. It's just that feeling of gratitude because that feeling is what attracts more good stuff into your life. Yeah. And what you focus on gets bigger in your life. So if you're focusing on negativity, that's going to feel like the biggest part of your life. Mm -hmm. Not that we want to ignore things that don't feel good. We need to process. We need to learn. We need to evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. But then we can switch into gratitude as much as possible. And then life feels more joyful because that's what we're focusing on. And I remember too, when I was when I first learned about you and I had watched you being interviewed on a, a different program, I, I believe that one of the things you had said is that, you know, it's important for you to make it simple so that people can actually have, use the tools in a practical sense and actually implement them, right? So can you talk a little bit about how to sort of uh, receive what you're saying in a way that they can actually just simply apply it to their life without, like, kind of like you said, like it's 40 some chapters of tools, but pick one, the pick one that one. works for you. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should read my book, Hot Mess to Mindful Mom. Yes, go get it. One tool out of it mm -hmm. that they want to implement for themselves. And it's really that simple. And then it's looking at your day and thinking, how am I going to make this work? I'm a huge calendar scheduling person. Yeah. Um, if it's not on my calendar or I haven't figured out a plan, it's probably not going to happen. We're all juggling a lot of different things. Yep. So if you want to bring meditation into your life, what part of your day? Is it going to be first thing? Is it going to be while your kids are napping? Is it going to be after you tuck your kids in at night? Is it going to be on your lunch break at work? How are you going to make it happen? Yeah. And then the next day you start. It's like, not more complicated than that. I love that. It's true. You can think about starting mm -hmm. for like the next year or you can just start. That's and the other thing is you can date it before you marry it. You can make a plan and if it doesn't work, you can fix the plan, pick a new plan, reorganize. Like you're not committing for life. You're just committing to try. Yes. That's amazing. 
<laughs> all these quotables. This is amazing. Um, okay, so so personal question that applies to everyone. So I um, meditate, and I prefer to meditate really late night because that's a quiet moment for me. But I remember when I took transcendental meditation years ago, they said, do not do it at night. So what's your take on that? Oh, because in transcendental meditation, you're doing mantra, okay? Oh. You don't want to do mantra at night, right before bed. You need about at least like two hours before bed because huh. mantra can be a little bit energizing. Oh. So that's why they're telling you, they should have explained to you why, but that's why you don't want to do mantra. Med you can do mindfulness meditation, breath work, body scan, anything else you can do before bed, which is actually great to release the stress from the day, help you fall asleep, oh. but just not mantra. Okay. Yeah. I'm really glad I asked you that. Thank you. I was so curious. Yeah, so you can get into bed and do your deep belly breathing, count your breaths, body scan, relaxing your body from head to toe, anything like that. Just not mantra. Amazing. Cool. So I, I also, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody knows the difference between, uh, I'm not even asking you to fully explain them, but the difference between mindfulness and meditation, because there's also, okay. can you talk about that? Yes, because it's very confusing and they're both kind of big buzzwords now. So mindfulness is moment-to-moment -moment awareness without judgment. So being in the moment, every moment, being truly present and accepting it as it is. So sometimes it's great, sometimes it sucks, but accepting it and being in it no matter what, okay? So an example would be washing your hands, not thinking about work, but how does the water feel on my skin? What does the soap smell like? What do the suds feel like? That's a mindful way to even wash your hands, okay? Um, and then that, that presence, that focus that we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's kind of a way to live, all right? Meditation is the act of slow, the tools you use to slow down your nervous system and focus on one thing at a time. So when you are meditating, you are becoming more mindful because you're practicing being fully engaged in the moment, but meditation is the act of doing something to focus your attention and calm your body down. Mindfulness is more a way to live moment to moment. Does that make sense? So it may completely. And I like how you explained it a lot. It's very practical, very easy to understand like that. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Ooh, all right. Well, I'd like to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about your book that's coming up, One Minute Then. So, and then just so you all know who, um, everybody who's listening, I'll have a link below this interview so that you can check it out, and that's coming out in November of 2018, right? Yeah, so it's available for pre-order now, and it's coming out in Ooh, November. Better. Um, yes, and it has 35 tools to use. Um, that are different than the tools that are in my other books. Um, so now that there's three books, there's like a hundred tools now that out that I've put out there. Yes. So there's something for everyone, um, no matter what you're looking for. I, I have to have hit it, and um, and it's going to be amazing. And then this is exciting too. I'm in my first national magazine, um, Family Circle, September issue coming out in like two weeks. I'm interviewed in there also. So that if anyone wants to grab that, that'd be fun. Oh, so cool.
cool. I will grab that. We'll have to post it on social media, flip it open and tap. I know. I love it. Exciting. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, tell me if this is correct. One of the things that I'm noticing is that the first two, obviously you don't have to be a mom. You don't have to be a parent to read them. But this one sounds like the audience has really opened up to, is that Well, true? yes. I mean, it is not as mom-focused at all. The tagline, because it has to be branded with my Hot Mess to Mindful Mom brand, so it's one minute to zen, how to go from hot mess to mindful mom in one minute or less. But it really is for everyone. It's not um, the way that like, get the most out of motherhood is really family-centered. This is more like hot mess to mindful mom. It's more about you. So if you're not a mom, I mean, I have men read my books. Like you do yeah. not have to be a mom. Everyone needs self-care and everyone right. needs tools for mindfulness. But this one especially is the least mom focused. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So what are you most excited about for people to read within this book? I think just how accessible everything is and how you can read the book or even just a few chapters to get started and start changing your life to feel more joyful and to feel more present and centered and less stressed like in the next minute. So it's just so usable and so um, bite-sized to just get started. So I'm really excited for people to just use the tools. That's all I want is just for people to use them. Oh man, I, I, I don't usually get this, but what I'm just like have like a flood of awareness of so many people when they're reading your book, like just posting constantly about the little epiphanies they keep having from these little <laughs> bite-sized, you know, reads, these, the chapters. From your and, mouth to God's ears. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, do you feel it when I say that? Can you, can you yeah, perceive it? I'm really excited. I can't I just, wait. It feels like it's really going to hit, a, you know, get to a lot of people and people are going to speak up about it and share about it. And it just yeah. feels like it's I feel like the, the first two have done amazing, but I feel like this is the one that's going to like skyrocket. Amazing. Cool. I can't wait to see it. Oh my gosh. We'll have to have you back on to hear more about it. That's so cool. Awesome. So, all right. One of the other things that I have to ask you about before we finish up is you and I, before we uh, started chatting on camera, we talked a little bit about empaths and highly sensitive people. And you said, you know, I know what an empath is and I think I might be one. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about how you found out or, or when you realized that you're an empath? Because that totally speaks to this community of listeners. So I obviously have been an empath my whole life, but I didn't know what it was and I didn't know that I was. I finally figured it out about three years ago when my first book first came out. And I was telling you, I did an all day book signing, you know, like churches and synagogues have like all day bazaars before the holidays. Yes. <laughs> I, I signed up to do one of those and I was signing books all day and talking to people for like 14 hours. And, um, I spent the next five days in bed feeling like I had the flu, but what it really was, was just so much energy that I had taken on that like my body couldn't even function. So that was the beginning of the next phase of my journey of learning so much about clearing my energy and protecting my energy and managing my energy. And so I've spent, um, you know, the last three years learning about that and practicing 
And now I actually help other people learn how to do it. And I do clearings on people because it just, that was the next thing that changed my life so much. And so that I love doing that too. And I love learning, continuing to learn about that. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. And just out of curiosity, do you find that, because you said, oh, I do clearings on other people now because that's what helped me. Do you find that your business, your practice as an entrepreneur kind of changes the people, what they ask of you when you learn something? For instance, you learned how to clear yourself so then people start showing up who need clearing. Oh yeah. Like as soon as I got to the point where I was kind of ready to start helping other people, I had three people in one week asked me. <laughs> yeah, like, no one had asked me before. <laughs> you know, it's just, yes. Right. <laughs> it's so fascinating how that happens. And I feel like that just ties in again to like, you know, what your energy emits, you know, that energy that you're emoting, that you're sending out into the world, it really attracts a certain energy of people. And it's like when you're ready to really change you, those people who are ready to change themselves, they find you because they, they want what you have. And so absolutely, and it's an, it becomes an energy match. And yes. that's why I tell other people, you know, I have lots of, you know, newer entrepreneurs ask me lots of questions all the time. And I just say, you know, stay in an abundant mentality. Don't ever go to lack. There's enough for everyone. There's enough business for everyone. And really what it is, is an energy match. Someone that wants to work with me, it's because our energy blends. Someone that wants to work with someone else, it's an energy match with them. And that's okay. Absolutely. And so I feel like that's really important too. And that happens with friendships and, and business and kind of everything in between. So. so did your practice as a mindful parenting coach, did it start that way or did it evolve? No, it started with meditation and then all my meditation clients wanted to talk about their kids. <laughs> so I was like, it was pretty intuitive, yeah. um, but I went back and did some studying and certifications around coaching and parenting coaching and stuff so that I could really serve to the best of my ability there too. Amazing. I love hearing about those evolutions of things, how they change like that. That's so cool. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, even the whole coaching started, I never set out to be a coach, but I was sitting in one meditation one day and this voice in my head said, coaching is the next step for you, like loud and clear. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I told someone the next week, I think I'm going to start coaching and they hired me. And that was the beginning of my coaching career. Oh my gosh. Talk about organic. Wow. Wow. So do you find that you're really in it? I mean, I, I would be surprised if you said no, but do you find that you're really in alignment and it just like, you think I feel like I just follow the breadcrumbs. Okay. I just open to like, anything the, the universe I'm like all the time you just send me what I'm supposed to do you just send me what I'm supposed to follow and whatever and oh I God. am so attuned and aligned to the signs wow. and the guidance that I literally just follow it and so, it seems to be working that's <laughs> so. so cool so was the pivotal moment uh when you when that medium told you or no not the medium uh, when you when you got the messages to see that guy's sister who was the medium? Is that sort of when you started listening? That, that was, yes, that was the first sign I ever understood was like directly do something. Wow, and, and then ever since, it's just, ever since, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. 
Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love, I love how you said, I just, I follow the breadcrumbs. That is so cool. That's such a good line. That's amazing. Yeah, I just literally am open. I don't, someone was like, do you, what's your like five-year plan? I'm like, joy, like whatever feels fun. <laughs> like I don't have a five-year plan because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. It could be much more than you ever would put on paper now. Yeah. So I just am like, what's meant to happen will happen. If I am enjoying what I'm doing, then I'm successful. Absolutely. So. I feel the same way. Oh, I know. I, I love what I do so much too. And I know that you have a lot of passion for what you do too when we spoke before. So, um, so as we're finishing up, would you please give a word of encouragement to the listeners, anybody who might be struggling with self-worth or um, self-sabotage, just maybe feeling down or feeling um, stressed, overwhelmed, you know, some of those words that we were using before. Could you say a word of encouragement to all of them? Sure. Um, I really think that we have so many tools at our disposal if we're open to them and not to underestimate what a small change can do. And that really is the key is that if you can commit to yourself one small change that helps elevate you, whether it be meditation or taking a bath every night or being in nature for even five minutes every day or making time to snuggle with your animals or whatever makes you feel good, follow that and commit to that. And then when that's part of your routine, you pick one more thing. And it's also about so much about self-compassion and understanding that everything that happens to us, good or bad, is part of our evolution and growth. And everything offers a lesson to help us become the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we can pick apart the past all we want, but it's not productive and it's not going to change us and change anything that happened. So it's really about what can I learn from this and how can I move forward? with this knowledge in a better way. And that self-compassion is key. I, I really think that that changed my life tremendously. When I stopped beating myself up every two seconds, yeah. you know, it hurts you more than anybody else when you're beating yourself up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you for that. I love that. Thank you. So Allie, will you share with the viewers how they can stay in touch with you, take next yeah. steps with you? Absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram all the time. That's my favorite. And it's hot mess to mindful mom. So easy to find. Um, my website is also hot mess to mindful mom.com. And I actually, if anyone's curious about meditation, I have a free gift on there. That's a free five day guided meditation challenge. So if you sign up for it every day for five days, I send you a guided meditation right to your inbox. Each one has a different focus. So you can see what meditation feels like and how, you know, you can, where are you going to put it in your day and you can start practicing. And then I'm on Facebook, Hot Mess to Mindful Mom with Allie Katz. So find me any of those places. Cool. You can find you all over. <laughs> yes. My books are on Amazon at Barnes and Noble and some other places, but those are the easiest to find. And so are there also links right off of your website to get your books? Yes. Go to those yes. places? Okay, great. So uh -huh. it's kind of and, the main hub. And um, if you, on Instagram, the Hot Mess to Mindful Mom on Instagram, there is, um, in my bio, it's Linktree, and it has all my books, the five-day challenge, and a bunch of other free stuff, too. 
Perfect. Perfect. That's so helpful. Awesome. So for all of you that are listening, I have all of those links readily available for you right under this interview so that you can easily click on them and stay in touch with Allie and hopefully you'll take the next steps with her and uh, keep the conversation going. So thank you so much, Allie, for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Oh, it was so fun. It makes me want to talk chat even more with you. So some other time, we'll leave them wanting more. That's what I always say. Um, but to all of you, thank you, everyone. And I'll see you on the next show. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Rewire Show. Wondering if you are a highly sensitive person or an empath? Head over to ashleystamatinos.com to take the free quiz. While you're there, you can join in on the conversation with other like-minded people and discover fantastic free bonus content to support you on your transformational journey to rewire your sensitivities into strengths. See you on the next episode.